Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to be talking about keeping your marriage strong. So whether you've been married for just a few months or a few years, or even if you're single and looking ahead to the future, these principles can really help you understand God's pattern for a vibrant marriage that goes the distance. Now, before I dive into that message, I want to invite you to a marriage and motherhood retreat that we have happening this fall at the Ellerslie campus in Colorado, November 7th through 9th. There are only 40 spots available at this retreat. We're going to be gaining God's vision for marriage and for family, and it's going to be a really powerful time. And the reason we're keeping it small is to keep the atmosphere intimate and personal. I would love love to have you in Colorado and get to know you personally as we explore God's vision for marriage and family. So whether you're a wife and mom or you're a single woman who is looking ahead to the future, I invite you to join me for this retreat November 7th through 9th in Colorado. You can go to setapartgirl.com to learn more and register. Let's get into some key principles that keep a marriage strong. When Eric and I were first married, we heard all kinds of doom and gloom predictions about our romantic future. I remember a cynical older woman telling me, sure, you're in love with your husband right now, but just wait a few years. Pretty soon the romance will die and he'll start getting under your skin. Another time I heard the host of a Christian radio show say, every married couple reaches a point in marriage where they look across the table from each other and wish they were married to someone else. And frazzled parents often warn us, wait until you have kids. There's no chance of romance lasting once kids come along. Eric and I were disturbed by this dismal forecast over our marriage because God had beautifully written our pre-marriage relationship and scripted our love story. Every detail had been orchestrated by his hand. Was God in the business of scripting beautiful love stories only to have them end in disillusionment? It didn't sound like his nature, but since we had only been married for a few months, we really weren't exactly sure how to avoid becoming one of the statistics. We could only hope, pray, and believe that things would be different for us if we kept our eyes on Christ. Now we're about to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary, and I can honestly say that we haven't become a statistic. In spite of many challenges, trials, and pressures we faced over 20 years of ministry and child raising, our marriage has only grown stronger and more beautiful. I've often asked myself why this is the case. In an age when marriages, even Christian marriages, are falling apart left and right, why is ours still strong? And people have asked us the same question. Is it because we've stumbled upon some brilliant communication techniques or read loads of helpful books on marriage? Are Eric and I unusually gifted in the art of sensitivity and romance? Are we simply fortunate enough to be among those rare few who just by chance happen to sidestep the dismal marriage epidemic? No, that's not the case. In all honesty, the secret to our marriage success is surprisingly simple, and it really doesn't have anything to do with us. Eric and I have chosen to keep Christ at the center of our lives. Instead of looking to our marriage to meet and fulfill the deepest needs and desires of our hearts, we have looked to him as our ultimate source of joy and security. Making Jesus Christ our all-in-all is what has kept our marriage thriving. Instead of putting unhealthy and unrealistic expectations on each other, our deepest needs are met by Christ. And this enables us to look at each other not with a selfish perspective, saying, what can I get from this person, but a selfless one. How can I give to this person? Of course, this doesn't mean that we never have selfishness in our communication. At times, I take my eyes off Christ and I begin believing the lie that unless Eric becomes the ultimate knight in shining armor, showing perfect sensitivity to me in every situation, I can't be happy or fulfilled in my marriage. That's a wrong notion that only leads to nagging, complaining, arguing, and all-around frustration on both sides. 
But when I turn back to the true source of fulfillment, security, and joy, I remember that Eric is not perfect and he never will be this side of heaven. Eric is a wonderful husband, but if my marriage fulfillment depends on my spouse's perfection, I'm only setting myself up for disillusionment. When Jesus Christ is the one who fills me all in all, as it says in scripture, I am able to joyfully serve, give, and pour out my life for my husband, finding tremendous fulfillment in serving him, not for selfish reasons, but as an outflow of my love for Jesus Christ. C.T. Studd wrote this, marriage can either be a taste of heaven on earth or a taste of hell on earth, depending on where you place the cross. Eric and I have found that statement to be absolutely true. When we die to selfish whims and desires, learning to love each other selflessly and sacrificially just as Christ loved us, our marriage thrives. It really is that simple. Marriage conferences, marriage books, and marriage counseling certainly have their place. But unless Jesus Christ is in his rightful place between a man and a woman, the relationship can never truly succeed as God intended it to. God intended marriage to be the cornerstone of a healthy family. Unless our marriages remain strong and thriving, our families cannot thrive as God intended them to. If your marriage is struggling, here are some practical ways to cultivate a shift of pattern. First and foremost, find your fulfillment in Christ. And you may have listened to other episodes when I've talked about this, but it is such a key principle for success in any area of our lives as women. When we fail to cultivate our daily relationship with Christ, we can easily start looking to our spouse to meet needs in our life that only Jesus Christ can really fulfill. This only leads to frustration, disillusionment, nagging, and arguing. Marriage is meant to bring a measure of joy and fulfillment into our lives, but our earthly marriages are only meant to be a shadow of a far more important love story, our relationship with our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. If you're frustrated with your spouse's shortcomings, be sure that you are making your relationship with Christ a top priority. Beware of adopting the attitude that says, I won't be happy unless my spouse changes in these areas. Remember that in Christ, you have everything you need for perfect happiness and contentment right now, whether married to Prince Charming or Joe Deadbeat. Now, this doesn't mean you shouldn't pray for your husband's shortcomings and help him rise up to God's standards for his life, but it does mean that you can avoid a lot of marriage frustration and disillusionment by keeping Christ in his rightful place in finding your ultimate fulfillment in him. Take time to be in his presence every day. Worship, meditate on his word, and pour out your heart to him. Ask him to fill you and meet your needs where human love falls short. He is the only one who will never fail you, never disappoint you, and never act selfishly towards you. Instead of putting your happiness on hold until your spouse finally becomes more sensitive, learn to find your happiness right now in the one who will never leave you or forsake you. No marriage counselor in the world can accomplish what he can. The second key principle to keeping a marriage strong is to ask a different question. When I was a young wife, I often read Christian books on marriage. There were some helpful tips in those books, but soon I began to realize that they often made me feel discontent with my marriage. A lot of them focused on practical ways that a wife could help her husband better understand and meet her needs. And while this was not always a bad thing, I found that when I focused too much on, quote, getting my needs met, I began to have a critical attitude towards Eric. Reading about what a wife needs from her husband caused me to notice all of the ways that Eric was falling short in being the perfect Prince Charming that I'd always dreamed of. Instead of wondering how I could love and serve him, I started spending a lot more time thinking of ways that he should be loving and serving me. Instead of asking the question, how can I bless and serve my spouse, I started asking, is he doing a good job of blessing and serving me? As a result, our marriage became strained and both of us became frustrated. 
During my second year of marriage, I finally made a purposeful choice to no longer ask the question, is Eric meeting all of my needs? Instead, I decided to ask a new question. Am I loving and serving my spouse as God intended me to? As a result of this attitude shift, there was a noticeable change in our marriage. I was no longer so concerned with what Eric was or wasn't doing in our marriage or if he was performing perfectly as a husband. I became more focused on faithfully fulfilling the call that God had placed upon my life to love, serve, honor, and help the man that he had chosen for me. Amazingly, when I took this approach, Eric became a better husband, more sensitive to my needs, more caring and considerate. The reason was because instead of feeling nagged and criticized, he felt loved, appreciated, and respected. He wasn't constantly on the defensive and feeling like a failure. Rather, as I loved and served him, he became stronger as a man and more able to meet my needs. My decision to ask the right question, what can I give, rather than what can I get, literally transformed our marriage in those early years. And even now, whenever I feel a strain in our marriage, that is the question that God always brings me back to. Now, that's not to say that I never communicate about my needs to Eric or that I never help him become a more sensitive husband. I am definitely not a silent, mousy, martyr complex type of wife who never shares needs or concerns. But I've learned that when I approach my husband with a selfish, critical attitude, only concerned with getting my own needs met, I am setting my marriage up for disaster. On the flip side, when I approach him with a loving, patient, outward-focused attitude, I build him up instead of tearing him down. And as a result, I build my marriage and family up instead of tearing it down. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish pulls it down with her hands. The enemy often fools us into thinking that complaining and criticizing will help us get what we want out of our marriage. But when we tear down our husband with our words and critical attitudes, we not only tear down his strength and morale, but we pull down the very fabric of our family. When we shift from asking, what can I get, to what can I give, everything changes. As counterintuitive as it seems, taking a selfless approach instead of a selfish one usually causes our needs to be met more quickly and effectively than the other way around. Now, one exception to this, of course, is in the case of abuse. That is a situation where you don't want to just say, oh, I just need to constantly give and serve and not worry about the fact that he's putting me in danger. In that case, I would definitely encourage you to separate yourself from the dangerous situation and seek outside help. But in a normal healthy, Christ-centered marriage, asking that question, how can I give, how can I bless, how can I serve, is a tremendous benefit to keeping your marriage strong for the long haul. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. When our marriages are strong, our families are strong. That is why marriages are under such massive attack today. The enemy knows that if he can destroy our marriage, he can destroy our family. And by God's grace, let's refuse to let him win. Prayerfully consider if you are approaching your marriage selfishly or selflessly. Are you looking to your spouse to meet needs that only Christ can truly fulfill? Are you building up your marriage rather than tearing it down? Let God shine his searchlight within your soul and lovingly correct any wrong attitudes towards your marriage, and he will give you the grace to love your husband as he has loved you. If you'd like more about how to bring Christ into the center of your marriage and family, please visit us at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.